0: Hey, Damashek here. Make sure you check out the new episode of the Dave Damashek Football Program. We're joined by Meet the Press host and Green Bay Packers fan Chuck Todd, plus Ike Taylor, Maurice Jones, Drew, and I are setting the table for you just before kickoff. We're talking about the Vikings, the Colts, the entire AFC, the entire NFC.
1: Football season is upon us. Check it out on iTunes or NFL.com slash podcasts.
0: The Around the NFL Podcast would stop wearing pants if society allowed it.
2: Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with some heroes. Chris Wessling and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. The old three-man weave. The old Three Stooges. Is that what they did on Three Stooges? Wes, help me out.
1: I didn't like the Three Stooges as a show.
2: Right in your... Time period wheelhouse? Uh,
1: <laughs> not really. It's a little ancient for me. Uh, you,
3: you watched that, I bet, growing up. You said
2: you did a
1: little bit, but it was always one of those shows when it was on. I was looking to do something else, like when Taxi's on or or Mash, Mash or Star Trek.
2: Everybody, can I just say, like, and if there's some, I've baby never boomers. watched any
3: of those four shows that you just mentioned. Good but
1: reason.
2: If there's any baby baby boomers listening, I apologize, but everybody's got to calm down with the Three Stooges stuff.
1: What is as if it's the great beacon of yeah, comedy?
2: Just calm down a little bit. I can't disagree with you. you. can kind of like it as something you watch growing up, but then, be like, hey, when I want to watch some real comedy, Larry Moe and Curly, that's where I go. <laughs> it's like,
1: talking like this Let's I calm down want... with that just well, a little bit. Make sure when you build your man cave, you have the picture of the Three Stooges golfing. That's a staple of all man caves.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will make sure to do that. All right, today is Monday, September 6, excuse me <laughs> Tuesday September sixth, two 2016 which means we've made it guys to the end of the long road to a new football season in just two days the 2016 season kicks off with a rematch of Super Bowl 50 between the Broncos and Panthers and uh you know we'll be covering that on this very show uh, a lot of fun stuff going on this week with you on the NFL podcast Today, we're going to talk about um, all the latest news and a wild weekend, a cut-down weekend, and then get into Greg uh, Rosenthal's fourth annual QB Index extravaganza. <laughs> fourth annual on the show, have we done it? That I don't know.
3: It? Who knows? It's the fourth year that the fourth column you've done has existed. Yes.
2: Right. And what Greg does every week, he updates his QB index, and this is—and we'll get into it later. But for Greg, the toughest one is the one right before the season starts.
3: Yeah, I don't. It, well, the whole first month is confusing, but yeah, before the season starts, because you got nothing to—you got nothing to evaluate. To, oh,
1: just copy and paste your week seven. Well, you know, we'll, well, get, we'll
3: get to that later. Right before um, the extended Three Stooges talk which <laughs> wraps, wraps up the show. I <laughs> stock yucks.
2: football at all times. And I am Greg. <laughs>
1: Lots of yucks there with the Three Stooges talk.
2: Um, Mark Sessler is not here today, as you may have noticed. Or maybe not. Sometimes Mark doesn't talk for long stretches on the show. In in this case, he is out sick today. And we were supposed to do our sandwich props today. Go get my lunch, you turd. Uh, But we cannot uh, do it without the fourth horseman. So what we're going to do is actually add a supplemental episode of the Around the NFL podcast this week. Tomorrow it will go up, tomorrow late afternoon, early evening, um, on the West Coast here in the United States, that will have just solely be the home of our sandwich props. That's exciting.
1: Go Get My Lunch is, I believe, the best game we've created and one of our best segments, and I believe it has standalone value. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) I'm with you. I
3: think think Mark being sick, we might have stumbled upon something here that you get a little bonus – and this is, you know, let's face it. If you like the show, if you're a regular longtime listener, I think you'll like this, this one a little extra.
2: Absolutely. First week. Yeah, of absolutely. Evening. So on Wednesday, yes, that's when we'll drop that. And then the following day, late Thursday, we will have our third podcast of the week. Uh, in which we'll preview all the week one games and then, yes, recap the Thursday night opener. Um, And then that gives way, of course, to Sunday night, the return of our flagship show, uh, the weekly recaps. So, yes, a busy week ahead for the Around the NFL podcast, but it starts right here. And let's start by saying hello to the Irishman behind the glass. What's up, buddy?
3: You know what I'm thinking after we just talked about
2: go get my lunch tomorrow. <laughs> Did I you w- notice that Irishman now has like bits like lined up oh, when I yeah. say hello to him? He used to be like hey man, I'd be like hey what's going on? Now it's like you say hi to Irish, <laughs> he's like <laughs> and then he's like into like a Jerry Seinfeld stream of consciousness riff.
3: <laughs> he's like looking at note- notes <laughs> below. It just says like orange bit. It's got okay. like flop sweat. Sorry, <laughs> this Irish is an, this is an Irish.
1: This is stretch run Adonis with newfound confidence. That's I-
3: true. Yeah, I mean that builds right into it because I am on my stretch run here. I have what like three half and a half weeks left okay uh,
2: don't, I, we don't like to talk about that Irish
3: but I feel like we need like a sandwich schedule for me because mm. I feel <laughs> like that's a good idea
2: that is so fair because we get on each other and people outside the podcast for not owing or not uh, paying off sandwiches and yet we owe you uh one each for what I- was it again it is it was uh Jalen Smith
3: your sandwich tomorrow is taken care of I got it if I put this on tape Maybe it'll make myself do it.
2: And I got yours next week, buddy. This, <laughs> All right, I love that. This time next week. Or pick the day next week, and you got a high-octane sandwich coming your way. Let's do some news.
0: This is the stupidest trade in the history of sports. It literally, my whole life is my mother and my family and the Eagles. Like, I love this team more than anything. And I cannot believe that we gave up a, a first rounder from next year and a second rounder from 2018 for a guy who has not even played Division One talent.
1: How about that? Sounds I like, like that. every caller into every sports radio show in history.
2: Specifically, Philadelphia involving Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz, who was picked second overall. We're going to get to him in a second. But let's, let's talk first about the man who we thought was going to be opening the season as the starter of the Eagles, Sam Bradford. But guess what? Teddy Bridgewater blows out his knee in horrifying fashion, and it sets in motion a, um, a domino effect that ends with Sam Bradford being traded to the Minnesota Vikings this weekend in exchange for a 2017 first-round pick and a 2018 fourth-round pick. And wow, Greg Rosenthal, you wrote the winners and losers piece on this. I think the first thought of everyone was, wait, Sam Bradford could fetch that type of value in 2016? Is it is it that crazy to
3: think it's good for both sides, yet that yes, given the circumstances... He is worth that much to this year's Minnesota Vikings, and when I listen to them talk about it, I'm not high on Sam Bradford at all, but I don't think you can go into a season with that roster with Sean Hill as your starting quarterback, moving into a new stadium, especially when you don't know when Teddy Bridgewater is going to be back, if he's going to be back next year. And I thought it was telling that the Vikings general manager said it was really important to him that Bradford was under contract for two years as opposed to one. And I think they're looking at this as we'll see how it goes, but it might be a medium to long-term type
1: of thing. The mesmerizing, spellbinding hold that Sam Bradford has over executive and, sc- and scouts in the NFL is amazing. And it's funny to me that every year when you see these trades, they point to like a three or four game stretch that Sam Bradford has and ignore the rest of the data altogether. Well, that's what the Eagles pointed to all off season exactly. to justify them. The Eagles pointed to the final seven games. Rick Spielman pointed to a final month stretch and that's what they do. They, they ignore the bulk of the evidence on Sam Bradford and go with his three or four most impressive games in a season. But here's the thing: haven't hasn't it been proven
3: that the 20th best starting quarterback in the league is worth a lot? I mean, if you look at what Brock Osweiler fetched, obviously what Bradford fetched, let, that that has significant value compared to the 45th best quarterback in the in the league. Perhaps, well, perhaps.
2: But let, can I just Wes? I'll let you go first. Go ahead. What are you gonna say?
1: He hasn't learned the offense yet. It's a it's a leap of faith to say he's going to be the twentieth best quarterback in the NFL coming into a new offense the first week of the season, and not to mention, is he really the twentieth best quarterback in the NFL that if he plays if he plays about eleven games per season on average?
2: And I'll I'll take okay, that's a, fair. a more macro viewpoint on it. And I wrote about this on on Friday about how the Vikings just had terrible luck and they they don't need this at this stage. All the stuff they put up with, but the truth of the matter is. When the football gods bang you like this, and the Vikings got banged hard uh, right before the last preseason game, their quarterback's knee explodes, essentially, like a bomb hit it. And so what did they do? They couldn't live with the fact that they had this team they thought was Super Bowl ready. Uh, so they felt compelled to make, to me, what felt like a panic trade, the type of trade that they had no other options. They they looked around. They didn't like their backup quarterback. They they Obviously, there were no real options on the free agent pile so they made the best trade they thought they could. But that doesn't mean it was the right trade to ma- make. Sometimes when you get banged, like they got banged here, <laughs> you just get banged. And Stop you just, saying banged. You just got to live with it, and it's not your season, and you hope that Teddy Bridgewater comes back or you hope Sean Hill turns into something or something else happens. But you not are to turn into something. I'm just, or you sign Mark Sanchez. By giving a giving or mortgaging a big part of your future for a guy that everyone that follows football knows is a limited player. To me, it was a panic move and something they should not have done. You can't force the issue like this.
1: I'm glad they made a panic move because I agree with Greg that it makes both teams more watchable this year. The Vikings with Sean Hill at quarterback would have been one of the most unwatchable teams in the NFL. Right. And, and the and the Eagles with Sam Bradford at quarterback would not be nearly as much fun as Carson Wentz. So I agree. I, I think it was a panic move. The Vikings were desperate, and I'm glad they did it.
3: Well, here I think the stadium is a huge part of it. I really think. Yeah, I agree. Which shouldn't be a part of it, by the way. I'm sorry. That's it just the way shouldn't.
1: owners and executives think, though.
3: That the excitement that, that – We've been, I talked about last week, that's maybe one of the hardest things to do in sports, to time the crescendo of, a, of an organization lifting up as they're moving into a beautiful new stadium and then to have it all just ruined right before the season was crushing. Here's the thing, though. First-round picks, obviously they're the most valuable thing that you can have. But if he gives them okay starting quarterback play for a couple years, I mean, you can blow your first-round pick in a lot of different ways. The Vikings have proven to be pretty good at it lately. Trey Waynes was their first-round pick last year. He's done absolutely nothing for them and is not going to really be a big part of this team. Matt Khalil was a first-round pick a few years ago. He's one of the worst left tackles in the league. Like, no,
2: people criticized for giving up first-round picks. But again, you're working under the assumption that Sam Bradford not only uh, stays on the field, but plays like a top-20-level yeah. quarterback. And that is a huge reach. <laughs> you're putting uh, a lot of faith in North
3: Turner, and you're putting a lot of faith in Pat Shermer, who has been Sam Bradford's, uh, I don't even know, like, special godparent or something throughout his NFL career in St. Louis and now Philadelphia and Minnesota. He's the one helping to give Bradford all these chances.
2: And let's now and see how things now spin. Sam Bradford suddenly out of the picture in Philly, and I think a lot of people, at least I thought, um, thought, okay, now Chase Daniel, who the head coach coveted uh, to bring into the building, becomes their quarterback uh, for how long, we don't know, but at least to start the season. But no we learn that the decision has been made that Carson Wentz, the guy who barely played in the preseason after sustaining an injury in the first week of action, will be the week one starter. Wes, what was your first takeaway to this? This was stunning to me as well.
1: My first takeaway was what changed. I know that you traded Sam Bradford, but if Carson Wentz wasn't ready to start with Sam Bradford in the house, why is he ready to start with Chase Daniels in in the house? Either he's ready or he's not. What we Hmm. saw in the first preseason game with his mechanical flaws that he's nowhere close to being ready. My thought
3: was, man, they have a lot of belief in Carson Wentz. I mean, they must just have a pure, undying belief in their scouting and, and what they've seen in practices, obviously, because of the picks that they gave up to get this guy and then to do this. As you said, put him over Chase Daniel, trade away Bradford in the first place. In some you know ways, you can look at it like they're not giving up on the season, but they're not doing everything possible to win – games because otherwise they had said their best chance to win was with Sam Bradford and then they traded the, him. This well,
2: makes me think how bad is Chase Daniel a guy that supposedly I, he's had a bad offseason. I mean I a bad offseason and maybe this is a situation where the front office wasn't in lockstep with a coach that liked the guy a lot because you would think if even if he was half decent this is why he was brought on. So to take him out of the picture here tells me that they really didn't think he could give them any value as a starter.
1: Yeah, that's true. And he's making more money than a lot of starters. I think when you say they're not giving up on the season, that's fair. No NFL team admits to giving up on a season, but this is a tacit acknowledgement that they're that they're building. Yeah, they're not expecting to contend with, with Wentz as the starter. They
3: they must love him in practice. And the reports were that Wentz outplayed Daniel in practice significantly. So I guess why wouldn't you let him play? He the crazy thing is that one preseason game, if you look at it, he had fifty percent completions. He fumbled. He was very inaccurate. He was had a bad interception in the red zone. I mean, and then he got hurt, and he took a lot of big hits. So it was about as bad a half as you could have.
1: It was like uh, boiling Blake
3: Bortles' entire season into one half. <laughs> he also made a couple unbelievable plays, and he, he kind of reminds me of Russell Wilson, how he can make unblocked defenders miss. He's going to be exciting.
2: All right, let's move on, guys. We could talk about that for an entire show, the, the fascinating dynamic in Philly right now. But we got more to get to, so let's move on to Josh Sitton, who – was an all-pro guard with the Green Bay Packers last year. So you would, there was no reason to think he would not have a central role with the team this year, but apparently not because the team decided uh, to release uh, the guard, a uh, guy who had played 110 and 100 of 112 games with the team since 2009. They tried to uh, trade him, couldn't find a taker or couldn't work out a deal, according to Mike Garofalo. Uh, Garofalo? Still working on that. Garof- Garofalo? Garofalo. Garofalo. So what happens? He hits the street, and you knew Josh Sitton would not be out of work long. Uh, days later, he signs with the Chicago Bears, so he stays in uh, the division. rap sheet reported the deal is worth twenty one point seven five million, with ten uh, million in guarantees over three years. Wes, uh, what is this? What is this? How, what's going on in the interior offensive lines when this is happening? I'm, I'm confused.
1: This seemed like it was all a Ted Thompson decision that Josh Sitton was going into his last year of his contract, and Ted Thompson didn't want to pay him the money. So we're going to turn the position over to Lane Taylor, a complete unknown who struggled a little bit in pass protection last year on the interior.
2: Yeah, but Greg, this guy was rated a PFF. Had him as one of the best guards in the league. He was all pro. Second team all pro, yeah. Second team all pro. For three straight years. He was not making a ton of money this year. Wasn't due a ton of money. They didn't have a a proven guy ready to step in. What are we missing here? Yeah, I think... This is something where there's more to the story,
3: and we're not gonna know what it is. Maybe some reporter that's that's a true intrepid inside Packers reporter will get the story, because I
2: think there's something missing. That sounds like a challenge to either Connor Moore <laughs> or Mark Sessler.
3: No, it was maybe more to the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel uh. staff, the Green Bay Press Gazette. I mean, they have some of the best reporters in the league, and they're all dumbfounded. This 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 move was among if not the most surprising Saturday cut-down day moves that I can remember in the last five or six, seven years. You always are on that day you know, thinking, okay, there'll be a surprise or two. You don't see all pros get cut out of nowhere when you
1: think they're playing well. You know what it reminds me of is, is the year that Randy Moss was irritated with his contract situation in New England, and they decided to ship him out. But he, yeah. I mean, this is what a lot of coaches do because the team is so tenuous that you you have to have the feeling that you're all in it for the team. And if one guy is worried so much about his contract that he's making waves, I can see how sometimes that's an issue. And I think Belichick does that as much as anybody in the league. It also makes me think at least a
3: little bit that, the, what we talk about often, no one can really, it's, hu- it's hard for us to evaluate interior line play. I think pro football focus does an incredible job, but sometimes NFL teams disagree with, with their analysis, obviously. I mean, everyone's going to see players differently. I can't imagine they would they would cut Josh Sitton if they thought he could be a top fit five guard this year. He, like, he lost 20 pounds. You know, there's other, you know, he lost 20 pounds. He, he intended to do that
2: this offseason, but may, I don't know, maybe they had concerns. And then on the other side, that's a huge pickup for the Bears I mean that team that we talked about it not a lot of hope around the Bears and their offensive line was a major issue all throughout the summer and all of a sudden uh, like a gift from God you have a an all second team all pro uh, guard walk into the building
1: if Josh Sitton's what he's been the past few years and uh, long is who we think he is he's he's been injured I think that could be one of the best guard duos in the NFL they still have issues at center and tackle but it would go a long way toward clarifying an issue that was a problem throughout August
2: all right, let's move on, guys, and talk about the San Francisco 49ers quarterback situation. Colin Kaepernick will be on the Niners. There was talk Ka- Kaepernick, who is obviously in the middle of a huge national uh, controversy uh, over his refusal to stand for the national anthem, and also you know his poor play in recent seasons. Combined with Blaine Gabbert being in the picture, made you think that either he would be he get the RG three treatment and could get ice for the season, which I guess is still technically uh, could be in play or he'd get cut or somehow traded if they could find a taker. But as of right now, he will be on the team for the Niners. Um, Blaine Gabbert will be the starting quarterback, Wes, and that completes quite a career comeback for Gabbert, who's now a week one starter after many people left him for dead. But is it even a huge achievement uh, considering (laughs) the team that he's on?
1: I don't think so. (laughs) Honestly, who did he have to beat out? Colin Kaepernick, who was injured the entire offseason, showed up severely underweight. Still is for training camp and was even injured in training camp with an arm issue. So, no, I don't think it's some great achievement by Blaine Gabbert. And I would like to know what the two of you think the over-under is on starts for Blaine Gabbert this year.
2: Do we think that Kaepernick will be the actual backup or do we think it could be an ice situation?
1: Uh, I
3: think the over-under to answer, and and this answers both, would be about five. He he starts three early. Look, Look at the first three games. Rams good defense, at Carolina, at Seattle. I mean, <sighs> I wouldn't put it past Chip Kelly to to think that, okay, we're going to get Colin Kaepernick ready. The, the beginning of this season is brutal anyways. We'll see how those three games go, and maybe he'll be ready to, to play against some teams we can compete against. So yeah. you
1: think it'll be Kaepernick, <laughs> not Ponder taking it?
3: I do. Now, we disagreed last week on whether Kaepernick would be on this team. It never made sense to me whether Kaepernick, that Kaepernick would get cut, because I think Chip Kelly, he wants options. He's He doesn't care about the issues that are going on. In Chip terms Kelly doesn't control the 53-man roster, according to Chip Kelly. I, I'm sure that his input in terms of Colin Kaepernick making the team matters. I mean, he said publicly, and maybe this is a message to his to his front office? Who knows? He's one of the best two quarterbacks on the team. I thought Kaepernick on Thursday night, it was a really interesting moment, especially for the last night of the preseason, which is Dudsville. All the pressure he had put on himself, and then, of course, he, he knelt uh, for the anthem this time. He didn't sit. Uh, all of that going into the game, the crowd booing, booing and going out there. It's like he had put all this pressure on himself, and the first thing he goes out there and does and is does a 15 play touchdown drive with some nice throws in there, some bad throws. Double too. duds, too, yeah. Yeah, some nice throws in there. 15 play touchdown drive was the best drive I saw out of the 49ers the whole preseason. I kind of watched that and I was like, that was badass. Well, that against, was kind of badass. Against defensive players that won't even make the team. There were some starters. There were some not. I mean, you could say that about Tom Brady, too, against the Giants, and he struggled. Like, I'm just saying there was as much pressure in a preseason performance, his roster spot, and everything that had been going on as possible, and he looked a lot better than you would have expected.
2: I'm going to say uh, under on the Gabbert. Was it five and a half, five starts you said? Well, I said said five. Yeah, you got to give the number, Wes, to go over. No, you gave the
1: number. Okay.
2: All right, so you said it at what?
3: I'll say five.
2: I think – I'm going to go crazy here. I'm going to say three quarterbacks on that roster will start at least four games. I think we're going to see all of them because the thing – and somebody brought it up on Twitter, Wes, uh, over the weekend. Let's not forget amid all this controversy around Colin Kaepernick that the guy can't play anymore unless somehow he gets fixed and judging by the way he looks and one magical drive in the end of August uh, (laughs) accepted – uh, there's a good chance he'll get on the field. He'll stink up the joint. Playing Gabbard, come on, let's calm down. He stinks too. And then Ponder, who's a former starter, they'll probably turn to him at some point too. I think it's all part of a very long season for Chip Kelly in San Francisco. Well, there aren't many
3: quarterbacks that could succeed with this with the talent around them. In That's San Francisco. true. But I do, we, we give Chip Kelly a lot of credit. Why not give him a little time with Chip Ka- Colin Kaepernick? Uh,
2: let's move on and talk a, a crazy situation here uh in LA with the Rams uh Jared Goff who was the first overall pick in the 2016 NFL draft in an era where any first round pick for the most part starts even Carson Wentz found a way to start week one Jared Goff went one overall that's a lock to start week one not only is he not starting uh against the 49ers on Monday Night Football he won't even be in uniform he'll be in street clothes uh as the emergency third string backup Chris Wessling how did we get here
1: (laughs) I, I would direct everyone to read Mike Silver's latest long form on the education of quarterbacks in today's NFL it is one of the best pieces I've read all year in any football article and a lot of it goes into how college quarterback is so easy to play because of the spread offenses that it's hard to judge them and I think you see golf struggles pre-snap and post snap in the in the in the preseason two different areas that that really the post-snap is more processing. The pre-snap is more preparation, and he struggles with both of them. I don't think a lot of people are surprised from that considering his college offense, but the Rams have to be disappointed that this guy is going to be one of the most expensive scout team quarterbacks in NFL history. He's going to be running the scout team in Rams practices. That's wild.
2: wild. It's so crazy. And part of me is like, oh, okay, the Rams – on some level, deserve a little bit of credit here. They know he's not ready, and they're resisted, resisting the pressure just because he's the first pick to make him play football in week one. But then part of me is like, whoa, wait a second. You don't even trust him to be the backup quarterback. That's almost You're almost putting it in his head here's, that he's, he's a mess right now.
1: Here's the weird part. Jeff Fisher tells Steve Weiss, NFL media Steve Weiss, that – he won't play in week one. He'll be the third quarterback. But in week two, it'll probably be Sean Mannion who's the week. What's going to change in a week? What a mess. That that makes no sense to me. Well,
3: Fisher's comments on quarterbacks to the media to me are meaningless. I mean, He just says things to say things because coaches have to say things. And I don't think he gives away almost anything of what he's really feeling. I, I'm not going to – you never know. God, just because he struggles right now, we've talked about it. Alex Smith, Eli Manning – were in worse situations, I would say, at this point in their rookie year, and it got even worse when they got put into games. So you don't want to play a guy if he's clearly not ready, and he could totally turn it around. But I don't want to hear any spin about Keen. I told you guys that Keenum was the starter the whole time. That's Jeff Fisher's. Like, give me a break. It is a disappointment. There's, you know, it's fine. It's not the end of the world. But they gave up all those draft picks just (laughs) to go with
2: Case Keenum. He said, "Well, I I told you guys that's the starter the whole time." I am really excited to watch uh, Tuesday night the finale of Hard Knocks with a special eye on how this last week played out with Goff because they must have really been spooked by something that's happened in these final weeks to think that they need to take what, to me, seems like a drastic measure uh, in his progress. I think he's going to start a lot of games this year. Oh, over-under game. I'll set it at 7.5. Over. Under. The guy was opening out of uniform in week one will start more than half their game he's but not
3: ready fisher is already saying that he might bump up to back up you lose a couple games i i think watch it's, the fourth preseason game and tell me if you believe that i i believe that a train wreck it has a lot to do with what the record is do you
1: believe that the rams coaching staff can get jared Goff ready to play in two months
3: well that's that's the question that's fair dog I think that's where you can't really criticize Goff as much as criticize the whole operation because if you ask what team do you not want to get drafted by if you're a young quarterback looking to develop, I would say these Rams would have to be near the top of the list.
2: That's fair. Can't disagree with that. All right, guys. Our final bit of action here in the news is a little bit of odds and ends. (laughs) Odds and ends, odds and ends. Everybody likes some odds and ends. you Got to hit it right at the end there. All right, let's get going.
3: (laughs) I like this.
2: All right, Rob Ninkovich facing a four-game suspension uh, for testing positive for a banned substance. More trouble for the Patriots who just – they can't stop cheating, Greg, right? I just wanted – I knew you would just – This is
1: the throne of ease. He's already out with an injury. He just spends his suspension on the sidelines in the trainer's room.
2: I'll do anything to get ahead. You're hired, (laughs) Bill Belichick. And other Patriots those Eagle – excuse me, other Patriots news, Eric Rowe. Philadelphia's bust second-round pick. Cornerback has been traded for offensive lineman Josh Klein in a 2018 fourth-round pick. Greg, what's that about New England in a scramble to get their roster set? They have a thin
3: quarterback group, uh, but I'm always very wary of a a guy that stunk that bad in one place. Why is he going to be that much better in New England? Did he stink that bad? I don't know. They they thought he was. He was fifth on their depth chart.
1: That's just that Howie Roseman, uh, let me get rid of everybody Chip Kelly brought in mentality.
2: Chicago Bears linebacker Pernell McPhee, one of their best players last season, facing the prospect of starting the season on the pup list. In fact, he is on the pup list, correct?
3: That is a major injury for the Bears. That looked like the
2: strength of their team, those outside linebackers. He's their best player. Mark Sanchez, cut by the Broncos, One of the probably had to be the lowest moment of his career, uh, not a, uh, counting the butt fumble. Signs with the Dallas Cowboys. He will now back up Dak Prescott, Wes.
1: Yeah, hopefully we'll never see him play this year. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Can we turn this up a little bit? I just want to hear. It.
1: It's not quite sweet, Georgia
3: Brown. Life isn't so bad though for Mark Sanchez if you think about it. You get cut by the defending Super Bowl champions. You end up on the Cowboys. He already had a suite at Jerry World to watch USC the day that he was released. That's true. By the way, they can't talk about. Oh, we didn't. We didn't talk to him early. How's he got a suite there that night? And you're also.
2: You made a point in a write-up. He'll be starting on Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. It's yeah.
3: all a scheme for
2: that. The Pittsburgh Steelers have lost Bud Dupree, who's uh, moved to uh, injured rever- reserve. The linebacker had missed all of the preseason with a uh, issue with his core muscle, a tear in that area. How big a loss is that, Wes? Well, we're not sure he was even better than James Harris. So. He was probably
1: going to start, though.
3: I- and say- James Harrison and uh and Jarvis
2: Jones. I
1: can't say it's a huge loss because these young Pittsburgh linebackers haven't been what they're cracked up to be.
2: The Jets wiped away two sins of the glacier era, uh, cutting tight end Jason Morrow and waving uh, D Milner. A first round pick Milner was supposed to replace Revis after they traded him to the Bucks. Amaro uh, not being able to stick on a team with no tight ends tells you a lot about Jason Murrow, who is known as soft. He subsequently was picked up by the Titans, making him one of Wes's favorite players.
1: Well, the Titans don't add soft players.
2: Have you finally
3: given up on D. Milner, are you going to follow him to your ne- the next team no, again? He had you were still chance.
2: there as of like two weeks ago. I was, but he couldn't stay on the field. The guy's body betrayed him. It's all over. Uh, the <laughs> Speaking of all over, Justin Gilbert, another huge bust cornerback of the Cleveland Browns, was traded to the Steelers for a sixth-round pick. And everybody, again, everybody all excited. Oh, the Browns, they keep spinning magic getting draft picks for Bus. Well, you still took Bus. So let's not get too excited about what you did. <laughs> let's just be fair. I like that Aditi
3: Kinkawala had some texts from the Browns staff that essentially was laughing about Gilbert's chances of returning it around in Pittsburgh. He's been one of the most maligned
1: young players I've heard in a long time.
2: Yeah, in a very long time. What happens if he becomes an All-Pro with the Steelers as Mark Well,
3: Him and Mingo will be together on the All-Pro team. Uh,
2: This seems like a bad thing. Darren McFadden, who fell uh, and broke his elbow a few months back, is not sure if he'll ever be able to fully extend his arm again.
1: Oh, yeah.
3: That's Mm. that's a problem. I, I like extending my arm. (laughs) <laughs> oh, yeah, you do?
1: This is what happens when you get old. It's key. Your and, limbs just don't work right anymore.
2: Yeah, and finally, this uh, line from Jerry Jones on Tony Romo, who will remain on the active roster. You don't have to spend a lot of time going over and kind of circumcising the mosquito. <laughs> Irishman, what does that mean, to circumcise the mosquito? I have no idea. All right, Greg? I don't even want to talk about it. Okay. Yes. <laughs>
1: this means let's not go into too much detail and pick <laughs> this thing apart. Just take it for what it is. I it's didn't
2: want to give a real answer. Oh, like you we don't need to see the mosquito's d- that basically yeah. what you're saying.
1: Got it. You're saying you're going to need tiny tweezers to to circumcise it. Don't go in that far for the close-up. This is such a
3: small issue. Got let's it. not make a big deal out of it. Um much like the mosquito's penis.
2: Don't look I would just say don't look at the mosquito's d- <laughs> <laughs> The circumcision thing, that's a little gross to me.
1: I Not? think it's a Southernism. I think it's a well-known phrase throughout the South.
2: Okay. And that wraps odds and ends. I like that. I like that little... Before the show, Wes, you weren't in the high spirits, but when you hear that song, that's a little bounce. It makes you feel like you're on the dock at Tybee again, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, it reminds me of Sweet Georgia Brown, the old Harlem Globetrotters steam song.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. We bit. didn't have the rights to that.
1: Yeah. But well, <laughs> we got the generic knockoff version. Yeah. Very close so to We got, infringe- like, the Washington there. Generals version. <laughs>
2: <laughs> very good. I like that. All right. That's what's happening in the news. All right, here we go. Greg going on and on about this. He's like, oh, what are we going to talk about on the podcast? This is one of my big things I write every year. I want the glory. Give it to me. <laughs> this is all not true. I
3: literally suggested not doing this on the podcast. and You <laughs> pushed for it. This
2: lets our listeners into the mind of Dan Hansis.
1: Right. I think that just led us into the mind of Greg Rosenthal.
2: <laughs> you All right, you want to be in the mind of Dan Hansis? I love talking about QBs. Love it. You said, "Oh, I didn't love talking about division by division previews for seven months." Well, that was obvious. No, but I love talking about quarterbacks in all forms. So, can you <sighs> can you give us Greg, as Hughie let out a deep sigh? Um, first of all, an overview of what the QB index is, and if, if people are new to the website or to this podcast, what they can expect.
3: Well, I'll watch all the quarterbacks I can, basically every game every week, and we'll be ranking them based on how they're performing in this season alone, but for this. Entry level, preseason edition. It's a little bit of a different question. What quarterback do I want running my team this year? Just answering that question, ranking the quarterbacks. Who you do, who do you like for 2016?
2: Hmm, That's fair, and I, uh, I I think it's a great exercise. But you said that it's tough here. <laughs> oh, we're back. We're back in tie B. I like it. It's kind of like the Mr. Belvedere theme a little bit.
1: I don't know how this song got associated <laughs> with Tybee.
3: Yeah. are we? Why are we back here for the quarterback? I don't know. Thing, you know.
2: I don't know. I have no idea how that happened. Uh, but, but you said it's hard to do it before the season starts, and that's what we've done here.
3: Well, people I know will look at this list. And there's some players, some young players, where I'm essentially projecting. I'm saying, who do I want this season? Who do I really trust? Who do I think is going to have a great season? So some guys who maybe haven't done it before are getting treated and ranked like they have ahead of some veterans, because I'm excited about them.
2: All right, so you don't have the rookies on here for the simple fact that they haven't played yet. So you're not going to go... Uh, you're not going to go crazy. But then, again, but then again, you got Jimmy Garoppolo on this list. How does Jimmy get there? Well, he's played in some Wentz regular season games. Doesn't. He's played three preseason games.
3: You're right. I mean, the rookies. Trevor just, Simeon, what's he doing there? We've seen Simeon in the preseason. There's not much difference between
2: them and the rookies. You're right. but I feel like Dak should be on this. All right, let's not get caught up with that. That's just that's your decision, your editorial decision. I, I feel like
1: it. it's a fair criticism. It does, it does seem well, this,
2: a little... This thing hasn't been published yet. Oh, okay. So you're still working on it.
1: I would put Simeon and Prescott on the same level.
2: All right, let's start at the top of the list, though. And these are the you – f- you have it broken into tiers, it looks like, one through seven. How would you describe these first seven names, starting with Aaron Rodgers, Cam Newton, Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, Russell Wilson, Drew Brees, and Phil Rivers? What is that mm. seven? What do they represent?
3: Well, they're all handsome. Um they're they're what you look for in a quarterback. I mean, they're the best of the best. To me, they all could put up an MVP season, and, and it wouldn't totally shock you. And you think Ben Roethlisberger is handsome? No, but <laughs> I just just something I said. Okay. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is number one on this list for me because when when it comes down to it. To me, this week's ranking especially is not just about, obviously, what you did last year. I could rerun my end-of-the-year rankings. It's about what we've seen over the last decade. And to me, Aaron Rodgers has been the best quarterback of the decade. He's still in his prime. He's got plenty of talent around him. So there's no reason for me, really, to think that he can't be the best quarterback once again.
1: There had to have been these first five guys on the list just trying to enter your mindset. Not much separation. No. Because I would have Russell Wilson in a dogfight with Aaron Rodgers for the top spot on this list. Hmm. There's no quarterback I really trust in the NFL more than Russell Wilson at this stage. Even more than Roethlisberger. Trust is a good word because I, I think when you say
3: trust, Russell Wilson makes more sense on a game-to-game level than Roethlisberger. He's
1: my MVP pick this year, Russell Wilson.
3: Wouldn't surprise wouldn't surprise me at all. In fact, I think I might have picked him um, in the what, NFL.com analyst predictions that we had to do yeah all five of those guys to me that that's the top level and i threw breeze and rivers in there because to me they're they're set apart from the rest as well
2: and then you have uh eight and nine in their on their own little island andrew luck and carson palmer followed by on their own little island 10 and 11 and this is where it gets really interesting to me Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota. There are a lot of solid names beneath these two guys. What have they done to be this high on the list, especially if we were going to talk about trust? Are we ready to trust them at this level?
3: I think going into their second season, based on what they showed as rookies and a little bit preseason and what we've heard about them this offseason, that we should expect them to be much better this season. And if you look at their rookie years compared to other great quarterbacks rookie years, or even, let's let's dial it back to last year even. Blake Bortles and Derek Carr and Teddy Bridgewater. Think of them after their first season. And Bridgewater didn't make that leap, but think of Bortles and Carr after the rookie season and the type of leap that they made. Winston and Mariota were at such a higher level already than those two guys were as rookies. And I think they both, they're going to do it in different ways, but I think they both have everything you would want out of a quarterback to be a top shelf type of quarterback. To make a Russell Wilson or Andrew Luck type second year leap. Those guys were on the borderline of a top 10 quarterback in their second year. Uh,
1: Well, you already know how I feel about Mariota. I don't think I need to go into more detail on that one. I'm kind of flummoxed about Carson Palmer, who finished number two on Mm. your season-ending rankings, and now you've dropped him all the way to number nine out of the top tier.
3: Okay, tell me which quarterback's ahead of him that you would rather have this year rather than Carson Palmer.
1: I would definitely put him over Phillip Rivers. I would also put Andrew Luck over Phillip Rivers. Okay, so you found one name, right? Yeah, I mean you've got him at a totally different tier. That's what I mean. Is it the hand wringing over the playoff performance? Is has it has to is be it, it. The worries about that the that the Harold Goodwin led offense in the preseason hasn't produced anything. It's it's a little bit of the playoffs. It's
3: a little bit um, of his age, and it's a lot of bit of his a lot of his career. To me, Philip Rivers and Drew Brees have been better players than Carson Palmer basically every season for the last 10 seasons except for last year. And I'm going to ultimately trust them more than I trust Palmer.
1: Doesn't he, Palmer have the best record in the NFL since he landed with Bruce Arians or something? I mean, he's, right. he had he's a good, been a different quarterback under Arians.
3: Absolutely. He got hurt the first time around. He was great that year too. But yeah, I could I could see Carson Palmer. Some of those chances that he's taken get intercepted and people be a little down on him. I trust those other guys more.
2: All right, let's look now at the mid tier. Now we're like kind of right in the middle, flirting with that old Dalton line. I'm uh, redoing the tiers
3: as we're talking, so this is good exercise. So okay, like good.
2: This. I'm glad that we can do your work for you during this part of the show. It's good. Number 12, you started with Andy Dalton, so he is the best of the not the best of the good? Is that a fair Way to simplify it, or
3: yeah, this is kind of the middle group of ri- of good quarterbacks.
2: Okay, so you got Andy Dalton, followed by Matt Ryan, followed by Eli Manning, uh, at number fifteen, uh, which is right in the middle here on this list. Uh, Blake Bortles, Alex Smith, Joe Flacco at seventeen, Derek Carr at eighteen, and just because we got we gotta show respect for a guy with tantalizing skill set, Matthew Stafford up at nineteen. So that's that middle tier. Wes, your thoughts.
1: There's not a lot to quibble with here. I would probably have Blake Bortles and Alex Smith both higher than Eli Manning.
3: Yeah. Uh, I think I heard all the you know all the people that have been criticized for being a little negative about Eli Manning wait, what Dan is Hans this? has pointed this out.
2: What you know? what is um what is this exercise? Who you want for this season? Yeah, this season only. Wes, didn't you just say that you think he could lead the league in touchdowns this year? Yeah,
1: but I always said that's driven almost purely by Odell Beckham.
2: But I'm just saying, production is production. If well, he, if
1: you put Blake Bortles in the Giants' offense, I think he'd throw 40. Well, touches. that's not. I, well, that's the argument but against
2: Carson
3: Palmer. For what it's worth, you put Philip Rivers or Drew Brees or any of those guys on the Cardinals' team, I think they would be as good or better. Well, I don't. I,
1: I don't agree with it. Right. You, it's hard to do better than what Carson Palmer did last year.
3: This this tier was by far the hardest part of the exercise for me. I And the, I've shuffled them around. Bortles and Smith were a little higher uh, earlier. I, I have a hard time with the whole Bortles car. Now Bridgewater's out of that mix for this season, but he would have been there. Alec, Alex Smith, who I think is going to have a great year. And Matt Ryan. I don't know what to do with Matt Ryan. I feel like Wes and I are the last two people on Matt Ryan Island. I still like him better than
1: Dalton.
2: People don't know what to do with him anymore. That was a weird last season he had.
3: And wouldn't – I don't – I'm a little, little over-influenced um, by the Jim Bob Cooter editor, but, man, Matthew Stafford looked good once Cooter took over and looked Cooter. good this preseason. And would it, it wouldn't surprise me at all if Stafford put up a big numbers fantasy type of season
2: this year.
1: I don't think anything would ever surprise you with Matthew Stafford.
2: All right, I found the Dalton line of your list. It's this next tier. Yeah. 20 through 23 is Kirk Cousins – which is a little high. I thought you would drop them a little lower. Ryan Tannehill at 21, Tyrod Taylor at 22, and Jay Cutler at 23. This is the Dalton line right around here. Yeah, you could put it after it, but I the
3: cousins Cousins is the new Dalton, I guess.
1: This is, is the make or break tier. Yeah, thanks.
3: I can I can make that the little heading.
1: Yeah, Kirk Cousins <laughs> on a one year contract. Ty, Tyrod Taylor. We'll see if the Bills pick up his option. The Bears have no more guaranteed money due Jay Cutler. And Ryan Tannehill, how he does in his first season with Gase, is going to determine his future in Miami.
3: It, re- it really is that you're compared to your contemporaries because these guys aren't – they're not terrible starting quarterbacks, and yet they're buried here in the 20s. Still. There's reasons to like all four of those. Right. There's reasons – None of them, it would surprise you if they're Pro Bowl quarterbacks. Here. A color, also, color, maybe. two of the biggest coach
1: killers of the 21st century in this tier. Mm. Dan loves coach killers.
2: <laughs> what? Why would I love coach killers? <laughs> uh, Michael Bennett had nice things to say about Ryan Tannehill, by the way. He this doesn't year. have nice <laughs> things to say about anyone. Wait, what did, what did he, he say? He had this to say. Uh, they both went to Texas A&M together Um he was a senior Bennett when Tannehill was a, a, a freshman wide receiver. Tannehill was the best athlete at our school, better than Von Miller, better than me. My brother, uh, Martellus Bennett, would argue that, but Tannehill was one of the best athletes I've ever seen. He ran a 4-4. He could do every type of dunk. He was just cool. He was a smooth, cool guy.
1: There's If I had to pick one quarterback to describe as uncool in the NFL, it might be Ryan Tannehill.
3: <laughs> but it, it points out it, it's a little underrated, like, We've we've seen what dunking? No, we've seen quarterbacks oh. go to wide receiver. It's a little underrated to, to be a decent wide receiver at the college level, like playing right. Ryan yeah. Tannehill was getting snaps and was someone a D one program and switched to playing quarterback and just be like, okay, yeah, I'm a great quarterback too. Well, well, <laughs> cheapening the word great. I mean, he got picked in the what number twelve overall. Well, who well, great gets enough? Who gets thrown so the under?
2: Yeah, who gets thrown under the Ryan Tannehill bus next? So many bodies strewn across (laughs) the roadway. Good question. Now the next tier. This is the guys that you don't really believe in, Greg. That's how I read into this. This might really be the Dalton line, although it's very low.
1: Oh, that's not the Dalton line.
2: Number 24, my boy, Ryan Fitzpatrick. 25, Sam Bradford. 26, Brock Osweiler. 27, Jimmy Garoppolo. 28, Trevor Simeon. 29, RG3. 30, now it's getting dark, Blaine Gabbert. 31, Case Keenum.
3: Yeah, this will be broken up a little bit into tiers because it's a, it's unfair to put put Fitzpatrick in the same tier. He should be in the next one, at the bottom of the next
1: I one. I would much rather have Fitzpatrick as my field general than Jay Cutler. Interesting. Don't – really? Yes! We do this every year where everybody overrates Jay Cutler. Well,
3: the difference is now overrating him. According to you, is ranking him twenty third in the league. So I mean, even his rating's not too high at this.
1: point. I'm sure that will go a long way towards his five win season.
2: <laughs> I would move, uh, yeah, I would move Fitz up. You could quibble whether you want him ahead of Cutler or not, but he should be in that group. And then you could start like the real dregs with Sam Bradford. You don't have to put Ryan that low. I mean, that's that's disrespectful.
3: But I I think you have to look at and, and granted, he's in a great situation and he'll probably put up some numbers this year. But you have to look at w- what he's done throughout his career. I get it.
2: But isn't this just about this season? Yeah, it is. Maybe he found his spot and he's going to have a similar year next year, which would be solid, not great.
1: Solid. Seems to be he seems to have a lot of confidence. He does.
2: He he seems to think, and who knows that everybody's confident. But are you sure? I am. I am. I'll tell you what. I, I'm honest about about the Jets. I'm really starting to feel bullish about this season. <laughs> Have you looked at the
1: first half schedule? It's That's the
2: thing. I, at first, I was very upset about that schedule, but then I started to think to myself, wait, but if the Jets are good, they're going to be okay. They're going to hold <laughs> their head above the water. If they can somehow get three or four wins out of that first six games against five playoff teams from last year and a Bills team that swept them, they're in good shape going into the back stretch of the season. And – I'm just excited. I've been I've been working doing this podcast long enough where I've been involved with horrible jet teams, uh, eight and eight type jets. But team. you're always Surprising. feeling a little
3: optimistic going into week one, as are hey by the way, just about every fan, including me and and everyone else. The Lions fans
1: are cracking me up with their excitement.
2: This They're year. pumped. Oh my god! Calvin Johnson leaves in their playoff team. Mm. All right, and then uh, yeah, as we said, Dak. Let's I'll throw put him Dak in there. In there. Where I'll would he? I'll throw be? him in there. Where would he be? Cannot put him ahead of Ryan.
3: No. He would be in the bottom five. I mean, let's see put Dak him over Garoppolo. Stop let's, being a homer. Let's see let's see Dak Prescott in some games that matter. I see
1: Garoppolo in some games that matter. Exactly. exactly. Put I, him above I Garoppolo agree. where he
3: belongs. I agree. They actually should all they should all the guys who have never played uh in the NFL. Garoppolo has played, by the way. He played played a half.
2: Oh come on, stop with that half. Count.
3: What,
1: garbage timing is the Chiefs? He's
2: no, just week as 17 inexperienced in it, as week seventeen. Week 17 is rookie year. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, this will be up when on the website? Wednesday morning. Wednesday morning. So uh, make sure you check it out, NFL.com slash QB index. That feels like a good vanity URL. Is that going to be it? I'll ask for it.
1: Why not? What it's been in the past.
2: All right, Greg. Uh, with a little victory or laugh for Greg, let's get some whistle. Uh, some whistle. Greg Rosenthal, this is a, a very meaningful piece that he writes every week. So this is his little celebration.
3: I'm doing a dance.
2: Yeah. Oh, and you can't see it right now, but uh, exciting news for the podcast. Our preview show on Thursday, it goes up late Thursday, early Friday, depending where you are, uh, will be on YouTube this year. The entire show on YouTube on NFL Now and also our Sunday night recap show. So two of our three shows will be on video in full. Marron. Oh, somebody on Twitter said, if I hear Dan say Marone, I'm always tempted to turn off the podcast. Turn it off! <laughs> Good riddance, clown. Turn it off! I dare you to turn
3: well, it off. We can't, we can't talk about Doug Marone again? How yeah. about that? You think about that? Poor old
2: Dougie down in Jack's, trapped.
1: That that guy doesn't tell you. You tell him. Yeah, let us know. Sure. Uh,
3: watch watch the videos. Let us know uh, what you think. Maybe that's where Pass I'll Pass it around my, to your friends. Hit refresh a
2: lot. Maybe that's where I'll get my unflattering Chris Wessling uh, screenshot.
1: Oh, you're still worried about that?
2: Because <laughs> I want revenge.
1: <laughs> Thought it was a fine picture of you myself.
3: <laughs> I wanted to say thanks, by the way, to yeah. all the people that listened way back to the iTunes challenge and left those comments because I've been watching that and it has been going up. You know, we broke a thousand. It's been going. It does help us a lot. Our rankings have been good. So if you have not left a comment for us, do it. It helps. All yeah. right.
2: That's fair. And one, and one last thing before we go, I should touch on this because we're talking quarterbacks. Over on the subreddit, uh, a reader or listener, C. who uses Kevin Patra as his avatar, uh, offered up um, the heroes, each of us, what our QB comparisons are based on their personalities and traits on the podcast.
3: Well, this is, this you, is ridiculous. You guys worried about this? This is asking
2: for it. This is asking for it a little bit, but I feel like we should see what people have to say. Greg, Drew Brees. Oh, this person does it? Yeah. Smaller oh, okay. guy. Okay. Not exactly the figure you would expect out of a boss, but efficient <laughs> and always on the nose with his analysis. Loves New Orleans.
3: Mm. And phony.
2: <laughs> Total <laughs> phony. Uh, Mark, Jay Cutler. Moody. <laughs> Polarizing.
3: <laughs> that yeah, not, this is
1: why I'm this saying is not I thought you around. were going
3: to ask us. To do it, and even then, I was worried. I was Excellent. just going to give everyone Aaron Rodgers. Now I'm going to have
1: to tell Mark what was said about
2: him. Moody, polarizing, but has the respect of most of his teammates. <laughs> Dan is his Martellus Bennett with his fantasy corner narrative, uh, and is known for taking the second half of the season off. Okay, that was not. That wasn't too nice. Wes Philip Rivers, not bad. Wes, what? underappreciated, fiery. We yeah appreciate you. I actually think maybe they, your they, comedy they, bits like when you do the your puns and stuff, but otherwise, totally appreciated. fiery doesn't back down from anyone, could retire at any moment and disappear back into the south.:
1: I, I see no connection between Phil Rivers.: and Really?
2: I actually think this one's good, other
1: than the good.
3: children, the children thing is a problem. Look, you want to be Philip Rivers. that guy, he's competitive, everyone likes him, he's fiery. Who's not like fiery life. and competitive
1: in the NFL? Give me Tom Brady,
2: <laughs> Sam Bradford, uh, Dan, Andy Dalton. Fitting. Great when surrounded by talent that hides his deficiencies, like that he doesn't really give much input on fantasy. Well, there was enough honking during the fantasy podcast I couldn't get anything anyway. Doesn't take criticism <laughs> well. Right on cue. Dan with fo- Wes's photo incident. Dalton with J.J. Watt's Red Rider BB. <laughs> By the way, let me just say, I don't take criticism well. I brought up the photo incident. I took it well. I brought it up. We talked about it.
1: I don't think you took it well. That's a, that's it wasn't
2: a, criticism. That's a circular argument. That All
1: I did was post a picture in which I thought you right. looked good.
2: No, I'll have my vengeance. <laughs> Connor Orr, Geno Smith. Uh, wow. Has shown potential, but you honestly never know where his spitfire takes are going to go. Much like a ride on the Geno Coaster. Both live in New Jersey in haunted matches. Connor, Connor haunted by ghosts. Gino haunted by memories of and Impale.
1: Well, I can make a prediction here. What? This C. Tega guy is going to be dead to Connor Orr <laughs> going forward.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and finally, and perhaps curiously, Kevin Patra. Tom Brady. What? Keeps, keeps a journal of slights that fuel him to build his glorious pod. Okay, I got He's it. He's a Michigan fan. Produces the majority of the content on NFL.com, but leaves the flashy long-form articles to the other heroes.
1: Does Tom Brady leave the flashy Super Bowl rings to the other quarterbacks? I don't get that one. I mean, that's up for – Did Patra write this? <laughs> the guy has Patra's face as his avatar.
2: Oh, wouldn't that be great? If and he calls himself Tom Brady. If we uncovered that, that would be amazing if this was Patra in disguise. Working under a pseudonym, C. Tega.
3: That actually is the first comment on the thing. Was What's just, this written by Patrick? <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. That was interesting. Yeah, that was good. See? Is it worse to have a bad QB or not have one at all? Well, you're saying you want to be a QB. I'm just wondering what people think
2: about me. Who Who mm. am I? Well, maybe uh, maybe Tega slash Kevin Patcher will help you out. I'll give you Patcher's phone number, and you could get it from him. You can be directly. You can be like Brian
1: Hoyer. the, pa- the backup to Jay Cutler. I don't. Patrick really didn't really write this article because the guy spelled Connor Orr's name wrong. Oh, that's bad. Okay, so that's to throw you
2: off the scent. <laughs> <laughs> Patcher's wily like that. All right, that's it for today's show. Like I said, we got a lot more coming to you this week, starting tomorrow with our special. Special feature, uh, supplemental podcast. Go get my lunch. Oh, how exciting is that? So until then, this is Dan Hanza signing off for the mailman, the boss, and the Irishman behind the glass. Till Wednesday.
0: Today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's L E E S A dot com slash iHeart.